Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Welcome to episode 80 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I am your host, Michael Rothstein. This episode is brought to you, as always, by Bet Online and also a new sponsor, Deal Dash. You'll hear a little bit more about them during the break. But hey, guess what? It's kind of, sort of, football week in America. Yep, that's right. Detroit Lions players are expected to return to Michigan and report on Tuesday to Allen Park for the first round of COVID testing. And then they're expected to go home. And then they're supposed to get another test in a couple days after that. And then they're supposed to go home. Everybody tests negative or the players who do test negative will probably be allowed into the building this coming weekend. For the start of the first phase of this very, very different training camp, which will be a strength and conditioning phase. I don't expect at this point that the media will get to see much of the strength and conditioning phase, if any. But it would not shock me if we hear from players and coaches this week start to get a feel for what they've been up to, for what could be happening here as things start to play out and as the 2020 football season starts to slowly, maybe, possibly look like it's going to happen. One of the big things to watch here as we kind of go is something I talked about on Thursday's podcast, which is how the Lions handle the cut down from 90 to 80. It sounds like they might have two options. They can either cut down to 80 right away or do more of a split squad situation and then cut down to 80 probably around the middle of training camp. Don't know which one the Lions are going to go with yet. Do wonder, considering Matt Patricia's love of undrafted free agents, Bob Quinn's love of undrafted free agents, if they choose to go with the latter and kind of do vets in one group and then first-year players and UDFAs and guys coming off an injury in a second group, of course, If they're able to mix and match, that would obviously help the Lions because then they can get a guy like Jeff Okuda, a guy like DeAndre Swift, a guy like Jonah Jackson, guys who are expected to have some key roles potentially for the Lions in 2020 up with the first unit as soon as possible. If they're not able to do that, that might force the Lions' hand a little bit because probably the long-term value of getting that 
half month or so of reps and chemistry for those three guys, and even if you want to add Logan Stenberg in there as the fourth-round pick, might outweigh 10 guys who likely were extreme long shots to make your roster at this point. So the guy joining our podcast today was anything but a long shot throughout his career, his career his college career at Oklahoma State, he won a Heisman Trophy. His NFL career, he became maybe the best running back who has ever lived. Yup, that's right. Barry Sanders is joining the Michael Rothstein Show today. We chat a bit about what he's been up to in quarantine, reminisce a little bit about his career, and maybe some regrets that he has that never kind of panned out for him during his time with the Lions. One thing I will tell you that we don't really get into is his retirement, which happened obviously on the eve of training camp back in the 1999 season. That's been covered kind of ad nauseum a bit, and we just kind of had limited time, so we hit on a bunch of other topics. Hopefully you find them enjoyable, and we have an odd conversation in there about golf. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that sometimes our podcasts will take winding roads to different places and the conversation with Barry Sanders is no different so that will be coming up right after the break we're going to go for at least four days this week with podcasts going to have barring news a couple of previews in there as we get ready for training camp to really start to kick off and as always a couple of things one if there is anyone that you want to hear from or a topic you want us to discuss in a future podcast, let me know in the comments either on Twitter, on Instagram. Obviously, leave them in the comments on our page. Also, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. More importantly, download or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. That only helps us. And yeah, it's very, very much appreciated. Uh, Lastly, I know I've mentioned it a few podcasts back in June, but the fundraiser is still going on for Calgary Flames assistant GM and my good friend Chris Snow. Consider donating at snowystrong.ca. That's S-N-O-W-Y-S-T-R-O-N-G dot C-A as we are trying to fight ALS. And we'll be back right after this break with Barry Sanders. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item's yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code ROTHSHOW, that's R-O-T-H-S-H-O-W, or DealDash.FM backslash ROTHSHOW, that's R-O-T-H-S-H-O-W, that's DealDash.com. D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M backslash Roth Show, R-O-T-H-S-H-O. 
O W. And hey, listen, sports are coming back on my television right now. There's some golf on. There's some premiership on. So your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events are also coming back. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week. Watch the Mets play on Friday and Saturday, planning on watching them play Sunday night. And there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available. 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Big Game Bob Ori. Yes, that's Robert Ori. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's a promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And now, back to our show. My next guest on the Michael Rothstein Show is somebody you're going to be familiar with. Everybody in the NFL is familiar with him he's been on the Madden cover multiple times he's a 2,000 yard rusher he's arguably if not definitively the best Detroit Lions player ever Barry Sanders welcome to the Michael Rothstein show it's great to be here how are you Mike I'm good so I, I start off all of these kind of podcast interviews the same way which is what have you been doing in quarantine what does Barry Sanders do in kind of COVID times Oh, well, for me, just trying to play it smart, man. You know, stay close to home. Um, gotten a few little home projects done. You know, I have uh, teenage boys, um, 13, 16, and 18. So a lot of trips to the grocery store. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, I got, um, you know, it's kind of my, my crew as well. If I'm doing any work around the yard or in the house, you know, got got a built-in crew here work crew so so yeah just just stuff like that you know working out a little bit um i've had my share of zoom calls uh, <laughs> you know so um so that that kind of stuff is there did you pick up any hobbies or pick up like you said i mean obviously you have a, a crew of three that can kind of help with any projects like what's maybe one project y'all have done oh we've, we've done you know just a little bit of landscaping you know i've done a little bit of painting um stuff like that you know so so yeah well not, nothing nothing too serious i mean for the heavy lifting uh, uh, you know you got to call a professional obviously but <laughs> for, the, for the small stuff i i can handle <laughs> you've been playing a lot of golf too right yeah i didn't i didn't mention that did i yeah i, I play, no. I play uh, probably i play um you know i mean we we finally uh thought out here in, in Michigan and so you know I, I play a couple times a week so I, I like to get out there and that that's not including you know probably another couple of days on the range working on my game so I, I get out there a good amount what is the Barry Sanders handicap these days oh it's not even worth mentioning man <laughs> I should be much better than I am I should be much better <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna guess you are better than me I I stopped playing for a while and then I picked it back up again like last year and you know the one good thing about the pandemic is you can be outside playing golf so I've played a lot more and it, it's rough man it's rough going <laughs> like, 
<laughs> no, it can be. It can be. I just, you know what? I just like being out there, and occasionally I'll hit a good shot, you know, and and um, have a good hole, you know, and and uh, that kind of thing. And so, um, but so yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's um, it's just nice being on the course, you know, trying to work on your swing and your, on your game and that kind of thing. And and um, you know, so uh, I I try not to get too personal. If I have a bad um, or get too down, if I have a bad bad hole or hit a bad shot, you know, because I I hit my share of low. <laughs> hit my. <laughs> um, but I have a, but I generally have a good idea where the ball is going. <laughs> do you do you play with like random people at like Muni courses, or you generally know who you're playing with? Like, could you be signed up and be like, hey, single, and then like what? Barry Sanders walks up, and people are like, wait, what? <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no. I normally would play with some buddies or just okay. by myself. So, when did you pick up golf? Actually, on a regular basis, I started playing really when I retired, right around you know early two thousands um, is when I started playing on a regular basis. Um, so, good, good twenty years I've been playing. What got was there? Some, was it just retirement that got you into it, or were like former teammates? Was that like a way to see them in retirement, in some ways? Or well, my my dad actually played. Um, he grew up caddying, which is that's really all you could do uh, in his era, uh, the, the, where where he's from. So he so I would be on the course as a kid with him, just dreading it because I I would would rather be out doing something else. So so I, you know I was kind of like his caddy um occasionally or uh, whatever he would play um so so I was around the game but I just didn't have the interest in it. and then and then um and then of course I went to Oklahoma State and that's all they do uh I shouldn't say that's all they do but obviously they produce a lot of great golfers and and when I was there uh I was there with uh Scott Burplank uh, we were in school around the same time and um and and then when I got to a league, obviously met guys who played, um, and that was kind of a thing to do uh, in the off season or on off days. You you know you'd uh, have teammates that that played, and so and so that's when I really started playing and got my own clubs and things like that. Were you and Scott for playing for playing close, like to where you, like you would play together, or no, we wouldn't. <laughs> no. No, well, you mentioned um, you mentioned it. So. No, we just no. I just met him. Met him was around him, but no, we never we never played around. Um, I wish I had. You know, I probably could have. I, I would have been much further along than I am now. <laughs> you are. You also spoke to a bunch of the NFL rookies this off season, right? Yes, Nike like rookies. Yes. What, what, what's your message to them, especially kind of in a season like now where? so much is unknown for, for so many things, but especially for rookies who haven't had any time to really make their mark. What do you tell them? What, what was your message to them? Well, I mean, it's a big, it's a big transition and um, it's, it's um, really a, a added bonus um, and a unique relationship to be going into this with a company like Nike. Um, they've seen a lot. They've done a lot. Um, you know, it's a, it can be a valuable just relationship, not just now, but in, in the future for things that they may want to do away from football. But really just kind of, you know, trying to trying to stay focused. I mean, there's a lot of distraction. Um, 
you know, and, and uh, it's really hard to balance kind of uh, those priorities that you need to stay on top of on a daily basis uh, to keep your tools sharp and also enjoying the fruits of your labor, um, you know, and so not many people can really understand what you're going through, um, you know, and not many people in fewer understand kind of what it takes to stay on top, you know, and so, and so you really have to, um, you really have to evaluate, you know, th those things every day. And, it, it, you know, if, if, if being a great football player is a, is a priority to you, which you assume it is, but, but, um, you know, I mean, not everyone, you know, not everyone um, has the same sort of um, approach as far as that's concerned, you know, and so you have to get into it and, and kind of see, see um, how much do you actually love it. But, but yeah, just, you know, trying to, you know, some of, some of those things like that, um, I think is what me and some other guys, it was, it was me and um, me and Jerry Rice, uh, Bo Jackson and Michael Vick had a chance to talk to sort of an incoming class of uh, Nike um, athletes uh, that are that are coming into the NFL, so uh, that that's pretty much what it was, and it was, it was a great conversation. I think they took a lot out of it um, talking to the the four of us, um, you know, and and uh, and I think all of us shared some good wisdom for these guys, and and uh, you know, hopefully they'll they'll put it to use. Was there one question that you got from one of the players that really stood out to you, or that you were like, okay, that's actually a really good question. I'm glad you asked that. I maybe not would not thought to bring that up. No, you know what? They they really just listened. Um, I mean, I think after after myself, um, Bo, Jerry, and Mike Vick uh, pretty much said what we had to say, and a couple of folks from Nike as well. Um, you know, I I think they were taking notes, uh, so they they didn't ask a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> were any of the Lions rookies in there? Was like Swift in there or Okudian? Swift was there. Yes, Swift Swift was there. Yes. Did Swift he ask there. you any Joe, questions? Joe Burrow was there. No, no, it was, I, I can't remember. I, what, was it, what was it like? Um, Twelve, fourteen guys. Um, he didn't. He didn't ask me a question in that particular setting. No. Have you talked with him otherwise, Nike athlete to Nike athlete, or? I have not spoken to him okay. yet. I haven't. What What would you be like? Like, obviously, because there's a bunch of decisions right now that players are going to have to make, whether to play this year, the safety level of it with COVID. Have you given that? thought of what that would have been like for you as a player what you would have maybe done in your in your situation oh i mean it's hard to imagine honestly it's, it's really hard to imagine i can't i can't even really begin to think about you know what the what these guys are going through um it's such a um i don't know just monumental mental historic event um unfortunate event um, you know, and it just, uh, I don't even know where to begin, you know, because I was always just thinking about, especially this time of year, you know, you just start getting that itch and excitement about going back into the season, you know, and you've been working out, um, you know, and, and just the excitement of a, of a new season, new season, not, not as much, you know, when you're a veteran, you're not necessarily excited about a new training camp, obviously, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're excited about a new season and, and the potential of a new season and what that will, um, what that will bring, um, you know? And, and so I, I, yeah, I mean, it would have, it would have been very, very difficult to have to, um, 
to handle these circumstances. How would, what about as a dad? Because obviously you had a, you know, your son, Barry J. Sanders was a college football player and there's the same questions college football wise. Would you have viewed it differently as a dad? Yeah, probably so. I, I probably would have been a little more protective um, as a dad, you know, sending, uh, sending the kid to, to um, in this particular environment to play. I, I think I would have been a little more protective, um, you know, but it's, it's tough on everyone, man. No, no matter how you look at it, whose standpoint, we're talking about parents and players and coaches and, and others, um, really, really difficult. But I know they're doing everything they possibly can do to keep kids safe and also give everyone what they want. And that's, you know, to, to have a, a football season. But it's just very unique, difficult, um, historic times we're living in. Um, and, uh, and so, I, you know, even the experts, hey, they're, they're sort of trying to figure it out as they go. Say there is a season. What are you anticipating from the Lions this year? Because I know you, play, you pay enough attention still and you're around enough that you, you have a pulse on kind of what's going on. Well, for, for the Lions, hey, look, we, we know it's an extremely, extremely important season um, for Coach P. Um, you know, it's hard to believe he's already been there for two seasons. Um, and, hey, look, you know, I've said it before, but um, we got a tough division. Um, you know, you, you look at last year, look at the last couple of years. You know, you look how well, um, look how well those teams at the top have played how consistent they've been. Um, even sitting here today, we already know when the Minnesota Vikings get off the bus and play in Detroit, we know what they're going to do, you know. Play action boots, um, you know, a good dose of Dalvin Cook, um, and, you know, play action Kirk Cousins down the field, right? I mean, you, you know what Green Bay's going to do um, already, you know, so they have that that personality, they, they have that identity, I guess. And so I think that's, I think that's what we're trying to establish. And, and I, you know, I didn't even mention the bears who were just, you know, a game or two out of the playoffs, you know, we, we know what their makeup is, um, you know, and, and so um, it's been, a, I think it's been a good experience to see um, playing in, in this division um, and so many teams playing at a high level and it, and it, it makes you better, you know? So I think, Giving Coach Coach uh, Patricia's um, pedigree, and with those last two seasons, I, I think he's understanding what it takes to win in this division. Um, you know, and I don't I don't know if if it's um, I don't know how it stacks up to uh, the division he came from. Obviously, he had they had historic success. Um, you know, and and so, um, but yeah, we all understand that this is um, you know this is a big year. Uh, we know we need to we need to. Um, you know, get into the playoffs. Um, and we know that that role kind of goes through Green Bay uh, and or Minnesota, uh, um, you would think. But, um, you know, so so hopefully Matt um, Matt Stafford can come back healthy. It, it sounds like he's healthy um, and over his injuries from last season. We've gotten some good draft picks on both sides of the ball, um, you know, and, and uh, hopefully we can make a run. Does it feel for you like it's been 20 years since you played? Oh, yeah, it, it really has gone fast. <laughs> it really has gone fast. It, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Um, 
you know, and that I only played for 10 years and I've already been out of the game for 20 years, 20 plus years, um, you know, and all pretty much, you know, all the players that I played against um, have long since retired, um, you know, and, and these, the current crop of players um, in the game now, you know, never saw me play. Um, no, know, know of me through the Madden video game and YouTube, <laughs> just, uh, just stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, DeAndre yeah, Swift just, mentioned that. Is that weird for you to be known as like that guy versus the you know the guy on highlights? <laughs> well, it it would be weird, but I guess since uh, you know having teenage boys, um, you understand and you you kind of. Um, are reminded of those things, you know, um, you know, and so, um, and so, yes, I mean, it's a different day and time. Uh, thank, thank God for, for Madden, um, you know, and, and keep keeping uh, many of our careers alive, um, you know, because, because my oldest boy, you know, he would always talk about guys like Franco Harris and Joe Montana and people like that, guys who he didn't see play, and that was through through Madden. You know, he was sort of that that early gener earlier generation of Madden fans and players, and and so um, and so yeah. I mean, that's just that's how it is. But no, it's it's, it's great though. I, I love it. Um, you know, but that's the reality. That's the reality of it. And uh, but but um, so for me, yeah, it just means that. Um, but but it's great having that relationship with Madden, and it's great being able to be reintroduced to those kids in that way, um, you know. And and uh, so for me, uh, you know, it's, it's a big compliment. I say, and he works for he still works for EA, right? He does. He does yeah. work for EA. He works he works on the Madden game, um, mm. in the in marketing. So he you know he absolutely loves it. For was there like I've had a couple of your former tackles on the show in the past. And one of the things that we've talked about has been blocking for you and having to learn how to do that. As a running back, when you played, did you kind of understand that like the lineman in front of you had to learn how to block for you because you were just so much different than any other back they had ever played with? Yeah, I think, I think I did understand that. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, I think I evolved as well as a runner as I got older I probably um you know wasn't as um you know I wasn't as uh, likely to you know to reverse field or um you know I didn't always as a young player I was more impatient I guess you know so I think I was a little more patient uh, as I got older understanding that um, you want those guys to be able to do their job up front uh and now and not outrun them um you know, and, and so, you you know, and so just being able to sort of throttle your speed, you know, and let the play develop, that kind of stuff. Um, but I understood, yeah, but I understood also that, um, you know, in certain cases, um, yeah, I was a much different runner, you know, than, than guys that they may have been played with or, you know, we had blocking schemes um, and blocking philosophies that were probably different than what they had uh, done before. Um, so, so yeah, I, I was, I was certainly aware of that. Yeah. I say Ray Roberts was on the show and he was telling, he told me like the first few times he just shook his head. He's like, wait, what happened? <laughs> like, where'd he go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I mean, for me, if the, if the play breaks down or if I see something somewhere else and that's where I'm going, 
you know. Yeah. Um, although you, you practice to play, you practice, it's going to go here, you know, for the most part in this general area. But, but, um, but no, yeah, I mean, um, I was one who, who liked to, to ad lib, I guess you could say, you know, and, and, uh, and so you had to be ready for anything. Did, did you learn that? Because I mean, like you're saying, you're talking to the Nike kids, like kind of bring it back to the middle of the podcast. Did you learn that at some point? Like, do you remember when you learned that you'd be able to do that? Was that in high school? Was that younger? Was that at Oklahoma State? Well, I think I was always that kid out there who was probably one of the smaller kids. Um, and so also, I think just growing up watching so many great running backs um, play the game, you know, and then some of them just, um, you know, some of them you know, being able to improvise or, or um, do things that you wouldn't expect, you know, like a, like a spin move or like a cutting back or like a, a um, you know, a, uh, you know, fake one way and go the other, whatever, um, whatever the case may be. I mean, so there was just too many, so many running backs. I felt like I watched um, that uh, had that ability, um, you know, and, and so uh, I think, when you talk about growing up in the seventies, you know, being outside playing all the time, um, whether it was playing tag or two hand touch or, or, um, sandlot football, um, for me, yeah, it was, it was a combination of those things. Um, you know, just my own abilities, but also trying to imitate some of those great running backs, um, you know, that I saw playing. Do you remember the first time you did it in a, game like a high level game whether it was high school or college or the nfl and you're just like wait wow that that worked against like high level competition too like i i can really use this no i re i remember there there's a couple of games i remember um you know i could probably go earlier but but my ninth grade year was a, a um was an important year because for me i was still we were still in the middle school so I was playing on the I was playing on the middle school team. Didn't didn't play much, but one particular game I did get in at running back. Um, I don't know how many guys I made miss, but everyone went crazy. You know, I didn't score, but it was one of those like, you know, fifteen or twenty yard runs where you're cutting, you're spinning, you know, you're juking. <laughs> um, and I just remember the reaction from, from everyone. And I was like, Oh, okay, wow, I that, that actually worked. Um, you know, and, and so, uh, and so, yeah, there, there, there are a few memories, early, early memories like that, um, that I think about. Do you remember what people said to you after you did that? Because like you said, I mean, people probably hadn't seen that before, especially out of a ninth grader. Well, no, it was just, it was just the reaction, right? It was, it was just the reaction to, you know, what I did. You know, I don't remember specifics because in, 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 Again, that was the that was the year where you know I mostly rolled the bench, um, you know, and, and maybe I wasn't maybe I wasn't playing against um, you know the first string from the other team because we were up by so much. You know, I can't remember that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I just I do remember sort of everyone you know jumping up and and uh, you know just when I got back to the sideline, um, you know, people really complimenting me. 
Scott, maybe I want to end it here in that everybody I talk to, whether it's a fan, whether it's a player, whether it's a former teammate of yours, always says, you know, yeah, I have a favorite Barry Sanders run. Like sometimes I'm prompted. What's Barry Sanders' favorite Barry Sanders run? Oh, well, I think the beauty of it is, you know, the beauty of it is um, I was able to, to um, have a lot of great runs. And, um, you know, starting from my, my first run ever in the NFL when I wasn't even supposed to play in the game, um, going all the way till, you know, um, running for 2,000 yards, you know, and, and the run that put me over 2,000 and a lot of great runs in between, um, you know. And so I think, um, you know, to try to pick, to try to pick one, I mean, it's, it's really tough. Um, I, you know, for me, I don't think it's important. I, I, well, I, th- I think that, you know, depending on which day you catch me, um, uh, really is my favorite. But really, again, my, my, the bottom line for me is, you know, there's a lot to choose from. And I'm fortunate enough to have been in the position um, to be able to do that because, you know, my, my, um, my wildest fantasies as a kid were just about playing football. Um, not necessarily in, in, in the NFL, but just playing football. I just, I loved the game. It was so much a part of who I was. It wasn't just a sport for me. It was, it was, you know, it was sort of my entertainment. Um, it was sort of, uh, you know, the thing that I did in my free time, um, you know, it was the thing I did to keep in shape. Uh, it was, you know, where I met a lot of my friends, um, you know, and, and just watching the game and watching the great players, you know, and trying to become a better high school athlete and then trying to earn a scholarship to college. I mean, those are just precious memories for me. And I spent so much time invested in the game. And so the fact that it would pay off the way it did for me is just remarkable to think, think, think back on it. Um, you know, and so, so, so many great memories, um, from the game and, and, um, and people that I met and, and, uh, that kind of thing and playing it, you know, Hey, look, I, I, I didn't have a chance to win or play in a Super Bowl, uh, but just, you know, I played against so many other great, um, competitors and teams that did win them, um, you know, and, and, uh, and just took so many rich memories from the game that, um, that, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just look back and say I, I really did everything that, that I um, could ever dream that I'd be able to do, um, you know. So, so yeah, that's kind of how, how I would sum it up. Is that, the, is that the biggest regret maybe you have is not getting to a Super Bowl? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm careful, you know, as I get older, I'm careful about which things I regret because it didn't happen. Um, and I guess that's the way it was supposed to be. Um, there was some great teams that won them when I played. Um, you think about Cowboys, you think about Redskins, 49ers, Broncos, Packers, Giants. Um, I don't know that we were ever better than any of those teams, honestly, looking back. Um, but at the time, yes, I regretted it. Yes. I mean, that the 91 season, when we lost to the Redskins in the NFC Championship game, that was that was a heartbreaker, you know. And I just assumed that I'd have a chance to play in many Super Bowls, um, at least one, you know. And and seeing my my college teammate Thurman Thomas 
go and play in four, um, you know, and with, with the Buffalo Bills, uh, I just, I just assumed um, that it's something that, that would, uh, would happen, but you realize that, you know, it's not something that's inevitable, you know, no matter how good you are, no matter how good your team is, um, it doesn't just happen. A lot of things have to fall into place. Um, you know, so to, to answer your question, do I regret it? Uh, it, it I, um, to some degree, yes, but I'm, I'm hesitant again because, you know, all the other great things that happened for me in my career, um, being top 100 player, being in the Hall of Fame, um, those kind of things. Um, maybe it doesn't make up for it, but, um, you know, I guess uh, it makes the regret a little more tolerable. The, you mentioned, obviously, like, you know, you thought you'd get to a few Super Bowls, you get to the NFC title game in that, in the, after the 91 season. Or is that you just being young at that point? Because Dan Marino said similar things where he got to one Super Bowl and thought he'd get to so many more and never did. Like, was that just you being young and maybe still kind of understanding what it took in the league? I don't know. I mean, you know, I was, I was there. I was present in that 91 game, right? We played, we played the Redskins and they, and they go on and they, they beat the Bills soundly. Yeah. So you so you figure you do you, you just kind of do the math and you say okay well we were we were there we played against that team they were really good you know with a few um, but maybe another year under under our belt um, you know maybe the right circumstances along the place you know why why can't that be us right um, you know so you just do the math uh, and and it it all adds up. Um, and you just assume, and you're, and you're obviously you're playing against all these great players every every week, and so, and so at the time, you know, I didn't I didn't see, um, I, I I just felt like, yeah, I mean, there was there was a path there for us to get to the Super Bowl, um, you know, we um, those teams in our division at that time, especially early to mid '90s. In our division, I felt like, you know, we were all pretty even as far as the top team between the Detroit, Minnesota, and Green Bay, and Chicago. Um, it was just a dogfight every, every year, pretty much, until until Green Bay got Reggie White. They kind of stepped things up um, a notch, and obviously they, they went to back-to-back Super Bowls. But um, but was the youth? I mean, some of it was, but some of it was, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I felt like we weren't that far away. And and obviously, being that we, you know, we – Every other year, we were pretty much in the playoffs, and anything could happen. Um, I, I felt like it was within the realm of possibility. I, I like to end the podcast generally with this question, and sometimes it leads to a couple of others. Did anyone, and I'm very curious in this instance, did anyone ever trash talk you? Like, did people actually trash talk to Barry Sanders? All the time. <laughs> yeah, all, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about think about some of the guys that I played with, like John Randall. You know, John Randall, he you know he probably talked trash talked his grandmother. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, he's one of those guys. You know, he doesn't have a filter. Um, he's he's um, he just that kind of maniac guy who um, you love to play against him, but you hate to play against him. Um, you know, and Guys like uh, Charles Haley, you know, who um, who just um, you know when when he's on the field, just a maniac, you know, and and just a just a, a uh, obviously Charles, you know, multiple Super Bowl winner, 
um, Hall of Famer, you know, but just one of those personalities that it's like he doesn't care who he's playing against. He's gonna he's gonna be the same guy. He's gonna talk about your mom or whatever it is, your wife. You know, uh, it doesn't matter. You know, um, you know, um, you know. So guys like that, um, absolutely. Yeah, there, there were guys that did trash talk me. Did you ever say anything back to them, or as I got older? You know, in my last couple of years, I might say something like, um, you know, if they tackle me or something like that for a short gain, I would just say, I may say something like, well, you know, that's, it's, it's, you know, it's good that time, but I, I will be back, you know, so, <laughs> or just something, you know, something simple like that. You know, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be here. All, I'll be here all day, you know, so uh, just let them know that I, I, I heard what you said, you know, and, uh, and, you know, I'm, I, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to get crazy with the trash talk, but I, I, I'll just make a quick little remark and get on back to the huddle. <laughs> was, was there any was there any one person that you remember, or one line that still sticks out to you twenty plus years later? One line that was said to you um, that made you either laugh or you're like, "Oh my God, that was really good," or that was the worst piece of trash talk I've ever heard. You do realize I'm Barry Sanders, right? <laughs> <laughs> The thing that the thing that I remember is um, being in Minnesota, and a strange thing happened. Um, they stopped the game, and the ref comes over, and uh, he's uh, touching on my jersey, and he says, and I asked like, what, "What are you doing, man?" And he says, "Oh yeah, well, the guys, the guys think you have silicon on your jersey, you know, the defensive guy. It was like Chris Chris Doman, Joey Browner." Um, Keith Millard, uh, and I think I think the I think the complaint came from Chris Doman, if I'm not mistaken, but it was someone on their team, and and we we literally stopped the game, I, and I guess they were having a hard time tackling me, and so they <laughs> they they assumed I had put some kind of grease or something on my jersey, and so it wasn't trash talk, but it was like the greatest compliment, one of the greatest compliments uh, <laughs> that I received, but it it was it was just you know something that was kind of bizarre. Um, and strange it kind of sticks out did that motivate you more being like these guys these guys had to send a ref over <laughs> absolutely i i felt like yes i got i got them now i got them now absolutely yeah that was that was that was um you know in a strange way that was a great compliment barry thank you so much for for coming on the show i really really appreciate it thanks for having me i enjoyed it I want to thank Barry Sanders for coming on the show. I've uh, been trying to get Barry on for a little bit now and very grateful that he decided to pop on the show for a few minutes. have a couple of other things coming up here in the future with Barry, both on the podcast and in other spots. You can follow Barry Sanders on Twitter at Barry Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Rothstein, also on Instagram at Mike Rothstein. Go check us out on Facebook at Michael Rothstein, journalist. We'll have a ton of good content all week. Like I said, some previews, working on a couple of other things that may or may not happen. And as always, want to hear from you, dear listener, about who you want to hear from, topics you want us to discuss as the second season of The Michael Rothstein Show gets underway. And with that, we will chat with you tomorrow.